Well, welcome back to another episode of the Digital Discussions Unfiltered podcast. Today, I am sharing a conversation that I had with the lovely Holly Price, who is a web developer. And in this episode, we talk about all things such as when to hire a developer, what the difference between a web developer and a web designer is, because they are two very different job roles, how to know when to pick the right template, And honestly, it was just such a good conversation to have. I feel like I've got a bit of knowledge when it comes to that kind of stuff, just because of my old corporate jobs. But it was really, really cool to talk to somebody in the know. And so without further ado, I'm going to shut up. And here is my conversation with Holly. I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, don't forget to leave me a review in the Apple Podcast Store. Okay, hello Holly, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you, how are you? Yeah, I'm alright, thank you. It's absolutely pouring down here, so it's pretty miserable. I want to go back to bed, but... Same. (laughs) Um, Cool, so I like to do a bit of a challenge with every guest that I have on, and heaven forbid somebody is listening and don't know who you are, we kind of like to give an insight into who you are as a human being, first and foremost. And I like to challenge people to do that within 30 seconds or less. And if you go over the 30 seconds, all that I ask is that you make a small donation to the charity Mind. Do you think you're up for the challenge? Yes, let's give it a go. (laughs) All right, I've got my stopwatch ready. So, ready? Yes. Go. Hi, I'm Holly Price. I'm a web developer and I specialise in WordPress development. I started teaching myself to code when I was 14 years old and for many years development was just my hobby. Um, I ended up studying geography at university and when I left, um, when I finished my degree, I decided to turn my career, uh, my hobby into my career and I got a full-time job as a front-end web developer. I left that job after two and a half years and started my own business and two and a half years later, here I am. You were so close. Oh my God. It was 32 seconds. Oh, I didn't practice hard enough. (laughs) 14 years old. Yes. That's nuts. I don't think I know. I've got a 14 year old niece and I cannot imagine her trying to develop websites, if I'm honest. Yeah, clearly I had nothing better to do. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, she's a, um, a drama and a dance kind of geek, so... I think everyone's got their own thing. That's pretty cool, though. 14's really young. Yeah. I think it's what helped me, really, because it's like if you learn a foreign language or anything like that, the younger you start, the quicker it gets into your brain, and it just becomes second nature. So true. But is there anything in particular that made you kind of want to do web development? or? So when I was a teenager, I was obsessed with this website called Pixo. And I don't know if you've heard of it before, but it was basically like a website drag and drop builder, not like nothing like Squarespace or anything like that. It was so basic. And back in the days where you didn't have to think about like mobile responsiveness or anything like that or SEO. And it was aimed at teenagers. So it was like, think of like glitter graphics and it was just very cheesy. <laughs> and I spent like every free minute I had on there building websites and I was obsessed. And I... For years, just thought that's the only way you built websites was dragging and dropping things. And I kept looking at like other people's Pixel websites and thinking, oh, they look so professional. How are they doing that? And I found out they were using 
HTML and CSS. And I was like, I don't know what those two things are, but I want to learn. And so I started off just taking pieces of code and just tweaking it and figuring out how it all worked. And that's where I started really. And I got absolutely obsessed with it and I just kept learning more and more. And yeah, that's where I started really. That's so cool. I think there's something to be said for if you kind of find something and you're like, how does that work? I'm very much like that. And I feel like sometimes that's been more of a hindrance than a help. <laughs> but but I'm like, if I push this button, what does that do? And if I change that bit of code, what does that do? And I'm not a developer, <laughs> but I just very much like to be able to understand the kind of the workings behind things. Yeah, I think I'm so, the same. That's pretty cool. Okay, so... I guess one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on the podcast is because I think I feel like, especially in the small business world, when I feel, I feel like when you say web developer to somebody, mm-hmm. they kind of go, huh, like that's that it feels like it's a very big, scary thing, I guess, because, you know, there's potential for code to be involved and all of that kind of stuff. And I personally feel it, it takes a certain kind of person to be a Cody kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not me. <laughs> it scares the living crap out of me. So um, I guess kind of my first question, thinking about small business owners, what at what point would a small business owner work with a web developer rather than trying to, you know, there are so many different options on the market nowadays, whether it's Shopify or Oh, heaven forbid, Wix or something like that. I'm very opinionated on Wix. Oh, <laughs> um, so am I. <laughs> um, but at what point would they kind of go, mm, no, I need to work with a web developer? I would say if you are spending far too much time on Google and on websites like coding forums, like Stack Overflow, and you're trying to figure out problems and tearing your hair out because you're like, I just don't know what this means. And you know that you could be spending that time on your business and doing what you do best, then maybe it's time to outsource some work to a developer, whether that is um, just basic support work. We can help with things like uh, making small styling changes to your website all the way up to completely building your website for you from scratch. I guess, yeah, that kind of, that makes a lot of sense. And I think... Personally, because I my my background is very much corporate, and I'm used to kind of being around, <laughs> used to being around developers and coders that don't really like human beings <laughs> and don't and don't talk a lot of English in in like plain English. And I'm a very much kind of just tell me what it means in a very yeah. plain English sense, not in HTML talk. And I guess I feel like. Um, for me personally, obviously I can't talk for everybody else, but I feel like that's probably like the stopping point in terms of people don't really understand what you do. So I guess in terms of making it really kind of simple, you can literally build like a personalized website from scratch, right? Yes. So if you want it, just a basic website with like no ability to change anything, you can just build it with HTML and CSS. Um, but we use things like CMSs, so content management systems like WordPress, so that we can give clients the functionality to edit their own websites and add things like blog posts and shops and have more control over their websites. Yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like there's there's so many, so many people have been stung, if you like, by, especially I've 
had a few clients personally that have had their websites built and then not been given like full access to them. Yes. And I guess that's purely probably down to a couple of things, um, which we won't go into. But one element could be the fact of if it's heavily coded, you know, you, you change one one character and it could break the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, when I build websites for my clients, I want to give them as much control as I possibly can because it empowers them and they're like, yes, I can take control of my own website. And also because it stops them from coming back to me constantly. I don't want people to feel like every time they want to make a small change to their website, like changing some copy or something like that, they've got to come back to me and pay me to do it. I want them to feel empowered to do it themselves. Um, But I'm also there in case they do want any bigger changes or they need extra support. Yeah. And I think that's really key, actually. So in terms of like, if anyone's listening to this and they haven't currently got a website, would you recommend that somebody, you know, kind of goes down the template route or goes down the development route? And then as a secondary question to that, there are so many friggin' templates yeah. on the internet. How the hell do you choose one? So in terms of deciding whether to go for a pre-made theme that's already made and it's just ready to install on your website versus a custom one, which is completely built to your needs and specifications, the main factor is to, to consider it is budget. Um, pre-made themes, I mean, you can get them for free or they're normally, they can range from like £30 up to a few hundred pounds. It's a lot cheaper than paying for a custom website, which will set you back multiple thousands of pounds. Mm. And also another benefit is you can get it up and running a lot quicker. So you can buy a pre-made theme and install it on your website in a day. But with a custom theme, you've got to go through the process of having it designed and then developed. And that can take, uh, norm- like for me, it normally takes about five to six weeks to do that entire process. Wowzers. Yeah, that is a long time, isn't it, considering? Yeah. And I mean, if you just want to get up and running, which sometimes you just need to, um, pre-made uh, themes can be the best thing to use. And so, yeah, how do you <laughs> how do you pick a theme? I mean, I... You know, my website, I know full well. My, my website doesn't probably perform as well as it could. I, don't, I know that it's it was very much a makeshift thing by me. Um, and I actually use Divi. I don't know if you're privy to that. Yeah, I've got experience using that. And it just kind of, it felt easy, but it also gave me too many options. <laughs> if, you give, yes. if you give me too many options, I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. So <laughs> what kind of tips would you give somebody that's looking at themes in terms of what to look for and how to kind of pick the perfect one? So I would start off by making a list of what you actually need. Um, so for example, if you know you need to have it compatible with WooCommerce for e-commerce, make a note of that. Or maybe you want to start a membership site, so it needs to be compatible with a membership plugin. Even little things like if you want it to have a sidebar or if you want it to have search functionality, make a note of things like that because not every theme is going to be compatible or have those features. So make a list and it will really help you when you're going through different websites and looking at different templates to not get distracted and look at, you know, look at themes and think, oh, that's really pretty. Or uh, I really like the design (laughs) of that, but actually it's not going to do what you need it to do. And if you buy it, it's just going to be a waste of money. Um, So that's where I would start is make a list and get really clear on what you need. 
it's so easy to get wrapped in that. Oh, that looks really pretty. Or that, you know, I like that bit that that's got a picture there and yeah. not actually the functionality of it. Yeah, definitely. And like when you've got that list, then you need to go to find a WordPress theme, which is difficult because there are so many places where you can find them online. So you've got mm. like the WordPress repository where there's a lot of free themes, but they're the type of themes that you see on everyone's websites. Um, and there's places like Creative Market and Theme Forest where they have sell have loads of different sellers selling WordPress themes. You can buy them on Etsy, and then you've got your own like individual WordPress theme stores as well. So it's very overwhelming to know where to go. And and then also you've got like the big um, page builder style um, theme. So like you were talking about Divi, that's maybe the most famous one. Um, so yeah, it is very overwhelming to know where to go. I would say look for websites that you really like the design of and just scroll down to the bottom of the page and look in the footer because then it will have the credit and it well usually does and it usually says like where they bought it from and there might be a link and then you can go and actually have a look at the store where they bought it from and have a look if you want that exact theme or they might have other ones to sell um, but that's a good place to start. But like you mentioned it's also kind of thinking long term isn't it because if you you know, you might just be starting out, but if you've even got the thought in your brain that you want to start a membership, you need to kind of make sure that that's kind of going to be compatible. Or it's it's actually a possibility with that theme. Yeah. And so what what would happen if you if somebody bought a theme, started running with it and then mm-hmm. it didn't have that functionality? Well, you can always change your theme if you want. Um, You don't have to stay with the same theme for the rest of your life. Um, (laughs) There are a few things to bear in mind, though, when you change themes. If you've been using a page builder theme like Divi, when you uninstall it, there's going to be a lot of short codes left, which is like code that sits within brackets. Um, so that will be in your pages and posts it's used to like style things but when you uninstall it it all gets left behind so just bear in mind that you might have to spend a bit of time going through and removing all those also changing your wordpress theme can have an effect on seo because Mm -hmm. um, your wordpress theme has a big influence over the speed of your website and speed is a big factor in seo and also just the way it's structurally set up, you know, like with headings and things like that, which have an impact on SEO. So if you do change themes, it can have a bit of an effect. So I would just say, if you are going to change a theme, don't do it too often. Let Google <laughs> get used to your website before, you know, some people change it every week and you're like, you're not only confusing Google, you're also confusing your visitors because every time they come on, they're like, what's yes. going on? Yeah, that's so true. And it's like, it's so hard to build that, you know, we always talk about know, like, and trust. And it's hard to build that in the first place. But if you start changing things all the time, yeah, it's just gonna make it impossible. Okay, so then in terms of, because I think, don't you, you make some themes as well? Yes. So I run a well, I was going to say WordPress, but we do Squarespace now as well. So WordPress and Squarespace pre-made themes. We run a shop called um, Snug Designs. I run it with um, Kat, who is the incredible designer behind Gatto. And yeah, so if you are ever in the market for a pre-made WordPress theme or a Squarespace kit, come check us out. (laughs) 
selfless little plug there. Yeah. They're, they're honestly just, they are really, really good looking themes as well. And it like, I think when I first started out, I was like, hmm, do I, don't I? And I don't, I actually can't remember why I chose Divi, if I'm honest. I think Divi, like page builder themes like that have their advantages and that you can literally do anything with it. Yeah. Um, some pre-made themes are more restrictive, but like you were saying before, sometimes having lots of options could be overwhelming and sometimes people are like I just want to get a really simple website set up and I just want this this and this and some pre-made themes will do that I mean with snug designs we knew that we wanted to build them for business owners rather than bloggers because so many WordPress themes are for people who just run blogs we knew that we wanted to build them for business owners so we thought about what business owners would needs so it's things like um frequently asked questions or testimonials and things like that so when we were building them we made sure we incorporated those and we did a lot of research and just asked people what do you need as a business owner on your website that's so good as well because I think you've just raised a really valid point about there are other things that I think a lot of people seem to forget about that they need you know we kind of go down this automatic root of I need an about page and I need a contact page but we forget about the testimonials we forget about the frequently asked questions okay so then in terms of things like how to let's kind of go back to how to choose a theme because there's so many options is there kind of an easy way to kind of research who a good theme designer or developer is or in terms of like support and things like that because I know that kind of crops up especially when people talk about um registering like a domain name that's something that I see a lot there's so many opinions flying around about who kind of the best host is yeah um and I know there was a bit of a controversial happening I think it was about a year ago now with a particular theme but I can't actually pinpoint I can't remember what the theme was called (laughs) um but their support just wasn't there So is there a good, you know, is there a good way to work out who kind of builds the best themes, if that makes sense? Yeah, I would say speak to people and ask, get their opinions and ask like, you know, if you know someone is using that theme, just say to them, you know, what's the support like? And uh, did you get any documentation, things like that? Also, just really go through the seller's website. If they are like an individual seller and they're not selling through something like um, Theme Forest or Creative Market, go through their website and just have a look. Because if they're providing good support, they will shout about it and they'll be like, yes, we provide this support and this is how we do it or whatever. And um, yeah, also have a look at like customer reviews because again if they are a good seller they'll be proud to show off their customer reviews their testimonials and have a look at their showcase if they've got one of those as well so like on snug we have a whole page that's just um a showcase of our themes being used on loads of different people's websites in different ways and it kind of it's a great way to see how um how customizable they are and just yeah it's a good way to research it yeah, that's so true, actually. I think just before we jumped on here, I quickly jumped onto your website and I saw, like, it's it's really cool to be able to see somebody's work in real life. Yeah. Because I think it's, like, it's one thing for you to say, oh, I worked on this website, or even if you're looking for a template, like, this website uses it. But you can see the difference in 
the template that you're kind of buying in terms of screenshots of how the designers made it and how somebody's made it their own. Yes, and that's another thing. Don't just judge a website based on screenshots. Actually go through and look at the website because sometimes a website can look fine in a screenshot, but when you get on it, it can the functionality's not there. You know, there's no hover effects. It's just a mess. Or also like test test things like if it's mobile friendly and responsive. Like most um, theme sellers will have a demo website, so you can view that website live. It's not just screenshots. Take that demo website and test it on your phone or if you've got a tablet, test it on there and make sure it looks right um, because you don't want to buy it and then find out it's not mobile friendly. You need to have a mobile friendly website. It's not um, it's a non-negotiable these days, especially because Google will not put you in their search results if your website's not mobile friendly. And also test the speed of it. Take the demo website and put it into a speed test website like GT Metrics or Google PageSpeed Insights or Pingdom and test to see how long it takes to load because if it's slow um, on the demo website, it's going to be even slower on your own website. Yes. Oh my God, that's so important. I don't think I ever ran a test, <laughs> a, speed, a page speed test before I bought my template. Mm, slap on the wrist. <laughs> and it does actually make such a difference, doesn't it? And I think, and it's kind of one of those things as well. Like if somebody builds their website on WordPress like I found that I had a plugin that I'd only put on my homepage but once I ran a speed test it was that plugin I removed it straight away and my page speed was super quick after that yeah sometimes it is the smallest plugins that have the biggest effect on speed um for example, one that everyone, I always see people saying, oh, you need to install this plugin. I'm like, please don't. It's the broken links plugin that checks for broken links on your website automatically. It's constantly running in the background. It's constantly using up resources and it will slow your website down so much. Um, if you just Google slow plugins, slow WordPress plugins, it will come up with a list of plugins that you shouldn't use. And there's always a faster alternative to use. Well, because there's websites online. That's That's really shocked me. Um, I don't think I have that plugin, but I'm definitely going to go and check afterwards. Um, <laughs> there's um, there's websites that you can check for broken links and things as well, isn't there? So Yeah, they're much more reliable as well. Um, so, yeah, if you just type in, like, broken link checker into Google, normally the first result is the best one to use. How interesting is that? That's nuts. I mean, it's more work to do it manually, but yeah, if if it's slowing down your website, just get rid of it. Yes, 100%. And is there, you know, is there kind of a rule of thumb with, I always find it really interesting. I'm part of some kind of Facebook groups and things like that. And some people will always say like, have like as few plugins as possible. Is there kind of like a rule of thumb of like, if you have 30 or more, like it's going to be slow? Or is it just a case by case of each of the plugins themselves? Yeah, I think it depends on what the plugin is because you could have 30 plugins that are all really optimized and they're really fast. But if you've got like 30 plugins and they're all on the slowest list of plugins ever, um, your website's going to take like 20 seconds or more to load and people aren't going to stick around and Google isn't going to like it either. Now, 21st century people, we want all of our stuff in real time and we want it now, don't we? We spent too much time waiting for websites to load when we had dial-up, but don't want to do oh, that again. <laughs> remember that. I miss yeah. that noise, you know. Oh, God, I don't. 
Cool. So I guess in terms of when, so we kind of touched on when to work with a developer. If somebody's kind of pulling their hair out and they've got literally no idea, again, how do you kind of pinpoint the right developer? Is it just about kind of doing your research on testimonials and that kind of stuff or... Yeah, so test going onto a developer's website and looking at their testimonials and see if they've got any like social proof. And also have a look at their portfolio if especially if they're developing websites from scratch. And as I said before, don't just judge it on screenshots, go onto the actual website and have a mm. really good look through that and make sure it's actually functioning. It's just not um not a mess or anything like that. Um and also, I would say, don't get too wrapped up in qualifications. There's so many developers who be like, oh, I've got this degree and this master's degree and this certificate from whatever. I have a geography degree. It doesn't mean I'm not a good developer. Like, I, <laughs> I have a lot of experience. I've been coding for 12 years. I've been working as a developer for over five years now. So, um, yeah, qualifications, because there are some developers who get a bit sort of like, oh, well, if you've not got any qualifications, you're not a real developer. And that's just not yeah. true. Yeah, I'm finding that a lot more and more lately and across all industries as well. I actually had a really good uh, conversation with a mutual friend of ours, Julia, yes. um, about how I didn't, you know, there was a certain level I was starting to question whether I was good enough at my job because I don't have any formal qualifications, whereas everybody around me seems to be popping up with them. So that's actually a really, really good point. Um, and in terms of, you know, you are a web developer and... In terms of what that's kind of done for your business, how where would you say you would get the majority of your clients from? Do they come from kind of search queries? Do they come from SEO and organic search? Or, you know, are you using any other kind of digital channels that is kind of bringing, bringing new people into you? Most of my work now comes from referrals, which I feel very lucky to say that. And like I don't do a lot of marketing at all, which I think it's just crazy. I mean, I love, I I don't have any experience with marketing, but I really enjoy doing it. And I think it's a shame I don't have time to do it because I, I enjoy it. But I, yeah, most of my work now comes from referrals. I do do a lot of like SEO work on my website to try and bring more clients in. And it has brought in people in the past. When I first started, most of my clients actually came from Facebook groups. I went wow. into like a lot of Facebook groups that were for specifically for web designers. And I went in as a developer so that whenever they had tech questions, I'd be like, oh, this is the answer to it. And just trying to build that um, sort of relationship with people and get people to trust me and think if they do need a web developer, they'll think of me. Um, my very first client came from Twitter. So Wowzers. Yeah, all over the place. That's so good. That is really good. I'm really interested, actually, because I think there's a, there's a certain level where you kind of, you know, you just, just say that you kind of do SEO on your own website. There is a certain level of kind of you have to practice what you preach, don't you? Yeah. Um, but that's so good. And you're absolutely right. You're like, that's so good that you, you're you getting the most from referrals because it means that your work is actually, do you know, it's proving itself. Yeah, it's uh, it's a really positive thing, and it's just so nice when you get an email from so like someone saying such and such recommended you, and it's a bit of a confidence boost as well. Hundred percent. And I feel like I know the answer to this, but I like playing devil's advocate on this podcast, um, so bear with. But I can kind of guess that the answer is how long is a piece of string? 
But if somebody was looking for you or somebody else, a web developer to build their website, what kind of, you know, we kind of touched on it before, like templates is obviously the cheaper option if you want to kind of get up and running very quickly. What kind of budget are they looking at? So, I mean, there's there's always going to be something to suit every budget. If you don't have a big budget, but you want a custom website, there's going to be designers who can offer the design and development side of things. They're more likely to use page builders to do it. But if you've got a bigger budget, like quite a few thousand pounds, you can hire a designer and a developer separately or a designer that works with a developer. And you're, you're going to get the best results if you hire a designer and a developer or a designer who works with a developer because they are two different jobs. I think people think they're the same job. Yeah. Um, the amount of times people come to me and they're like, oh, can you help me with this design? And I'm like, I cannot design to save my life. <laughs> they are two completely separate jobs. You want a designer who's very good at you know, making sure that your website is um, it's designed for users and um, it looks good as well. And you want a developer who can translate that into a fully functioning works, uh, website that is not only easy for your users to use, but is easy for you as the client to use. That's so interesting, actually, because I do. You're absolutely right. I do think there is a misconception that a lot of people can do both. Is there ever a time when somebody can do both? Yeah, definitely. There are very talented people out there and I'm very jealous that they can do both. (laughs) Um, You find that a lot of designers um, get into development because they have to, because they feel like there's no other option. Yeah. Um, Because they want to offer web design, um, but they don't know how to code, so they'll just learn it. And I think that's amazing. But sometimes designers will hit a point where they think, I do not want to do this anymore. And so that's what I one of my main sort of areas is I work with designers and they outsource their development work to me. And then I basically take it off their plate so that they can get back to focusing on what they do best and what they enjoy. Yeah. That, and I think that's so important, isn't it? Especially in our kind of small business world with, there is an element you do have to enjoy what you're doing. And if you're, like I said, right at the beginning, I think it takes a certain kind of person to be <laughs> a Cody person. Um, And I'm sure your job is very, very much valued by designers who just don't really want to do it. I get it. Yeah, I think I can just save people so much time. You know, as I said before about spending so much time on Google, Googling answers to coding problems and wasting hours and hours doing that. You know, something that might take a non-techie two hours to do could probably take me five minutes to do. And so it's so much better to outsource it, just get it done and know it's done right as well. And I think that's probably a generalisation that we can take for all small small businesses. If yeah. something's taking you like four hours and you can employ somebody to do it in 10 minutes, then just bloody do it. It's just not worth it, is it? It's, it's totally worth just getting rid of it and giving it to someone who not only enjoys it, but is probably better at it than you. Yeah. I think it does. It does it's almost scary though, isn't it? To kind of, to come to that realisation of actually sitting there and going, yeah, I'm not good at this. Yeah. I'm I mean, just being able to delegate it. Yeah, there's some areas of like, because as a web developer, especially as a freelance web developer, you end up taking on a lot of tasks that maybe you don't enjoy doing. So when I worked full time, I didn't do anything with like the hosting side of things and migrations mm. and things like that. 
And so it's not something I particularly enjoy doing, but I end up doing because I um, because people see me as a web developer and that becomes a part of my job. But like I recently, um, my partner, he is also a web developer and he recently left his job to come and work with me. And so I'm just wow. slowly handing over that stuff to him because he's so much better at it than me and so much more knowledgeable. So, but that was hard at first because I was like, oh, I don't like giving stuff I don't like to someone else. I always think I'm a burden. Yeah, I know. I get that. And it's just scary to give it away. But how cool that you're able to work together now. Yeah, it's very exciting. I mean, there's not many good things to have come out of like the current situation with COVID, but um, he was working full time as a web developer and he had to start working from home. And we kind of realized that we could live and work together. And obviously with him being a web developer, he's the perfect person to bring on to the business. Yeah. And it's it's good that you kind of come to that realisation. I don't think anybody would be able to put up with me 24-7. <laughs> I think good. we we got on really well. We're very much like the same type of like personality. And yeah. we, we just it just works really well. But sometimes I think I couldn't live without him being a web developer because when I have to like get something off my chest about problems uh, related to work he totally gets it because he it just does the same job yeah, yeah and it feels so good because like if I talk to a friend who's not a web developer about it they they're just like I can't relate but yeah we just every single we have lunch at the same time together every day and it's just our little session to vent about things oh. that are annoying us oh that's just made my Friday a little bit more <laughs> that's oh. so cute Cool. Well, I think we've covered quite a lot. If you're happy to kind of wrap it up there. Yeah. Cool. So um, if anybody is looking to work with a web developer, now a team of two, obviously. Yes. Um, tell people, you know, take the floor. Where can people find you? How can they get in touch? Where do you hang out? All of that kind of stuff. So my website is hollyprice.com. So holly is spelt with a Y and price is spelt with a Y as well. So that's P-R-Y-C-E. Um, I, I love my name, but it's the worst name to have for a domain. <laughs> um, so yeah, hollyprice.com and you can come and find me there. More about my services and my blog is there. My Instagram is hollypricedev, which is D-E-V, short for developer. Um, um, also come and check us out on Snook. Uh, snug designs the website's just snugdesigns.co.uk and we're on instagram at snug designs honestly such as like some of the prettiest wordpress templates i think i've ever seen thank you well i can't take credit for it because like cat is the incredible designer behind them all i just build them <laughs> but that's again that just kind of like it goes to prove doesn't it people just kind of look at the the what they can see i think it all comes down to kind of tangible things yeah. we can see that and it looks pretty but that, that's not to say that it doesn't mean that it, it runs like absolute clockwork in the background. And that's what you do. Yeah. And also in terms of time of setting up, like yeah. people always message us saying, when are you bringing out a new theme? And ah. oh, like if I had the time, honestly, I would spend all my time doing that. But I'm juggling it with my business and trying to fit that in. So yeah, I would love to fit in more, but they take a long time to build and to test and to get right. I feel like testing is probably in one of my corporate jobs, it used to be my job to test as a human, if you like. Again, going back to that kind of I knew a lot of Cody people, but they didn't really like talking to other humans. 
and so it was kind of yeah I don't think you're too bad to be fair (laughs) but um they they kind of they would sit and just talk in code and I'm like I need to simplify this so I was almost kind of the middleman so it used to be part of my job to test as a human being what bits worked and what didn't yeah and I remember being in the office till like three o'clock in the morning four o'clock in the morning because we just had to get it right and we just had to I had to test every single element and I don't think people realize how much that takes no testing is so tedious and it's also incredibly difficult to test your own work because you get to the point where you just overlook your own mistakes um we did actually work with some testers when we launched um snug designs we asked some people to come and test our themes for them and I can't tell you how grateful we were for them because they just picked up on loads of different things um there's always improvements to be made 100% cool well thank you so so much for your time today Holly I really really appreciate it and I'm sure anybody listening to this has got so much out of our conversation and if you want to go and get Holly's help and advice I absolutely love following Holly on Instagram she gives some really good WordPress advice I think I've made quite a few changes to my site based on some of your posts oh yeah um, <laughs> and it's just one of those things isn't it I think you don't you kind of I live by the fact that you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. so if you've got no idea how to do something then uh, you're definitely the lady in the know yes <laughs> I hope I can help I mean you definitely can (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for your time today and I'll talk to you really really soon thank you for having me bye